Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by uh, two guys that may need no introduction. Uh, the first is a former foil of the University of Texas. That's Rick Neuheisel, both on the field and in recruiting. Uh, the former head football coach at Colorado, Washington, UCLA. He's, he's, had, he's been around. Uh, and Chris Childers, uh, who is the host with Coach Neuheisel on the, the Full Ride Show on Sirius XM. Uh, guys, welcome in, and thanks for spending a little time with us today. It's good to be here. Our pleasure. Our <laughs> pleasure. I, I've got to say I, this. I, I normally have to let the ponies speak first, so I apologize if I stepped on him. I tried. That's, kinda, that's a habit I'm of mine. Beat you. <laughs> Chris, uh, Chris is known as the show pony at times, I believe, on, the, on their show. Uh, but what many people don't know is Chris and I started working together back in the early 2000s uh, and his to see his career blossom like it is like it has with the help of people like Rick Neuheisel, obviously, you know, would be nowhere without Rick Neuheisel, Chris or Bobby Burton. Just always tell around. him, Bobby. Tell him, Bobby. I'm kidding. I'm I would kidding. be nowhere without Bobby. I don't know about Rick, but I certainly <laughs> I will admit to to in front of God himself that I would have no career without you. So thank you. No, no, dude. Thank you. You've been a pleasure to, to watch grow, um, to be real honest with you, Chris. Uh, congratulations on your success. You. Y'all's show is a, a must listen, in my opinion, as well, if you're a college football fan. Uh, let's just get going and talk a little bit about it. Uh, Coach, I want to start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about Steve Sarkeesian. You're a, you're a UCLA guy. He was ostensibly a USC guy, right? So y'all have had some run-ins in the past. Oh, tell us, tell, us, yeah. tell us what you know about Sark, what you think of him as a coach, and and uh, what he's doing at Texas. You know, uh, I learned about Sark's past when uh, I had Norm Chow on my staff at UCLA. Uh, Norm had Sark at BYU as a quarterback. Sark's from California. But uh, Norm was always very impressed with Sark's acumen for the game uh, the X's and O's and the math of it, right? Angles and advantages and how to create uh, uh, matchup problems for the opponent. And so when uh, Sark got through playing, uh, Norm made the, uh, the astute observation that Pete Carroll should have him as part of his USC staff. And uh, so Lane Kiffin and Sark were kind of these underlings along with Norm uh, for that offense that ended up becoming one of the nation's best with Carson Palmer and uh, company. Uh, when the, the Oakland Raiders came looking for a coach, they actually were looking at Sark to be their young head, uh, young head coach. Al Davis always wanted to get some young guy and then kind of teach him the ropes to be the head coach. It was Pete Carroll that at least I'm told that talked Al Davis into taking Lane Kiffin because he didn't want to lose Sark. Uh, not that he didn't have, you know, uh, a great feeling for Lane, but he didn't want to lose Sark. He thought Sark was that valuable. And so Lane went to the Raiders. Sark stayed in place, eventually would get the job with the, uh, with the Washington Huskies uh, and, and change their fortunes immediately. Unfortunately for Sark, there were some other things going on that ended up leading to his dismissal at uh, USC once Pat Hayden and uh, uh, JK McKay had hired him there. He had to deal with those personal issues and now is in a position where that's hopefully behind him. And he's got one of the great jobs, one of the great pulpits in college athletics, let alone college football, that being at the university of Texas. And I know Longhorn fans are pulling hard that he, uh, 
that he gets it done and gets it done right this particular time. Chris, I, I got to talk to you about this next question, bud. Uh, you get to hear a story like that from Coach Neuheisel on the daily. Uh-huh. And I know you from when you were young. And you are, you and I are somewhat similar in that we heard these stories from guys like Coach Neuheisel at a young age, and you've grown up in it now, right? Is it just fun going to your job every day whenever you hear stories like that? It's a blast. I feel like I almost know too much about how the sausage is made, though, because I've I've heard so much. Like, Rick knew. I'll tell you what, as far as the stuff that Rick knows, he told me two weeks ago, he said, Dion not going to media days is telling him Colorado's getting ready to leave. I mean, he said that over and over again on our show. He said it to me off the air. He said, Dion, he said he can schedule that surgery anytime. But the fact, like, so now I have this, this window. Back then when you knew me, Freddie fanboy. I mean, ward on my sleeve, love Notre Dame, love Middle Tennessee, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Now I know how the sausage is made, but the sausage is very interesting in the world of college football, isn't it? There's so many little webs that are weaved and different little relationships that are out there. And this guy knows that guy and he helped this guy get that job. The most amazing thing that I've learned from Rick is the Kevin Bacon thing. You're never really like, you're never more than two degrees away from any other coach. And I think that's the fascinating part of this business, Bob. Uh, yeah. He just mentioned Norm Chow. I mean, <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's exactly. a example where their, their paths kind of coalesce and, and come together. Um, guys, I uh, appreciate you, you being here once again with Rick Neuheisel and Chris Childers uh, of the full ride on Sirius XM. Uh, another question for you, coach. Uh, you're looking at uh, the final stop this year uh, for CBS in the SEC. Texas, obviously going to the SEC, not this year, but next year. It's a big boy conference, right? Oh, boy. You, you, you've seen it, <laughs> right? I mean, as, as, yeah, exactly. As a head coach, and you've faced this kind of stuff before, what are the obstacles, main obstacles you see in front of Texas headed into the SEC? Texas is longing for nothing. Uh, in terms of resources, they have everything that money can buy. And so that won't be an adjustment headed to a conference where others are similarly situated in terms of their financial commitment to the game. What needs to happen at Texas, and I think all Texas fans are hopeful this is already happening, is the triumphant of leadership, whether it's school president, athletic director, head coach, are all on the same page that everybody's rowing in the same direction. It, it, for years, that seemed to be difficult to accomplish. And because there are so many influential boosters, not just because of their pocketbooks, but also because of their love affair with the university, there were so many different opinions, we couldn't get consensus. And without consensus, there are people hoping actually the thing fails so that they can get the leadership piece that they want. If Texas can solve that and get themselves to a place where everybody's on the same page, and I have full confidence in Chris Del Conte that he'll lead in that regard, as it's his job to do so. If they can get that accomplished, then there is no question that the kids in the state of Texas will want to be a part of it. Yeah, the the, the thought process here is um... – Somewhat similar. They do have not only Chris Del Conte in line, uh, but also 
uh, their president and chair of the board of regents all kind of, we actually call them the triumvirate triumvirate right now uh, because they are headed in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's critical. I mean, we look at Congress right now, how much can they get done? Nobody can agree. (laughs) Right. We, if, if, and Texas for the last, you know, at least from outside looking in, I'm not in those meetings, but from outside looking in, it looks like it's been Congress. Can't yeah. get, can, can't build consensus. There's always, well, we've got to change. We saw that at USC. We could ask the same question about the, the Trojans. They're a mighty football brand. They've been outside looking in since college football playoffs started. It's because they haven't had consensus. Now with Lincoln Riley and a, a president that's brand new to the organization, she's changed all the the uh, leadership people so that everybody is in concert with her. The Trojans can be wildly, wildly uh, dangerous and at full potential just as the Trojans can be. What is it? Just about- as the Longhorns can be. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. I, I think that you're right. I mean, Texas the last decade has been, it's not even a sleeping giant. They've just been asleep um, for the most part. They had a, a big, a big year in 2018 and beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, but that's not a, that's not a successful decade for Texas, right? One uh, 10 win season. Yeah. One 10 yeah. win season in that time. Uh, and at the same, in the last 13 years, they've had one season where they won 10 games in that same time, Alabama's won 10 games or more 13 times, 13 for 13. That, so, I mean, that's where all everything's got synergy in the same direction. Nick Saban has absolutely, which is why you go to the Nick Saban tree. Steve Sarkisian, you know, studied at the uh, altar of Dick Saban. That he's bringing that to Texas. Chris Delconi's embracing it. Chris and I had him on our show when he was the AD at TCU, where he said, "I'm the wind beneath the wings of the coaches." Uh-huh. Remember that, Chris? It was we super played, refreshing to hear. We, yeah, we, we played Bet Midler for we months did. after, right? You <laughs> but, are the wind. But the, yeah, but that the, was him. But actually, Chris sang it. I, we didn't yeah, need Bet. Chris sang, sang it. it. But the bottom line is that's the, that's, that's the special sauce. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Sark's record right now is just a little bit above 500. But now he's got Texas resources. He's got a new lease on life. And he's got a a BA in Sabanology. And if he can use that major for his uh, benefit, then Texas is going to be as dangerous as any team in the SEC. Yeah, nope. not many people have learned at the feet of not only Nick Saban, but Pete Carroll as well, right? Uh, Two dominant programs of of their decades. Uh, One more thing. The biggest difference between the SEC and other conferences, is it easy to say it's on the both lines of scrimmage? 
I think that's right. In particular, the defensive line. Uh, Chris and I went to a practice. Chris, you'll remember we went oh to God. Alabama's practice. Maybe you Rick, should tell the story. Tommy, Rick looked at me. We were standing there. They only let me into the first 15 minutes because Rick's Rick. They let him hang out the whole time. <laughs> and for the first 15 minutes, he just kept looking at these defensive linemen, and he, he pulled me aside. If I had, He said to me, if I had two, There were 13 of them, Bobby. Yeah. There were 13 of them. At least 13. There might have been closer to 15 or 16, just behemoths that looked the same. They were all, like, out of the assembly line. They bought them from Amazon. Here's the defensive <laughs> lineman, you know, the premium. They need, just needed a really big Amazon truck yeah, to get them. Yeah, exactly. Back. Rick said, if I had two of those guys, I would still – I would not be standing next to you. I would still be coaching right now, today. But they had – I mean, it was – it was like hockey shifts. Next group in, next group in, next group in, and they all look the same. So uh, it's different. Yeah, I, I get it. I think that that's what – I mean, just watching on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, I'm, I'm focused primarily on Texas these days. But you just see the talent week in and week out in that conference. The Big Ten, historically, has had better offensive line than defensive line, although I think uh, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State are – kind of in that category too, but not across the board in that conference. Chris, I, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Um, you talk to a lot, you guys talk to a lot of coaches, visit a lot of people this year, two or three head coaches you feel like have been supremely confident kind of behind the scenes that you guys feel. Yeah. He sounds a little different this year. Yeah. Brian Kelly is the first one. As soon as you said those words, the name Brian Kelly came to my head. Kelly, when we talked to him at media days, you could tell like he he proved something a year ago. Like people doubted him. People made fun of him and the accent and, and people had their way and said, well, the Notre Dame coach isn't going to come in here and make an impact. He beat Saban in his first year. He went to the title game in his first year to the SEC championship game. He's got a quarterback this year that he loves. He's used the depth chart. I mean, death depth chart, the transfer portal to his advantage to build out the depth chart. They were pretty thin defensively. I think he feels somewhat confident about what he has on that side of the football. Now he's the guy that stood out the most to me that kind of had just like, I'm here and I'm ready to compete for a championship and there's not a damn thing you could do about it. I'll tell you who didn't feel that way. Even though you asked me a different question, but I I think it's fascinating to point out was Kirby smart. I mean, Kirby walked in, you thought his best pig would have died at the County fair. And a lot of it has to do with the off the field stuff, dude. But I mean, he was not your two time defending national champion walking in there. Like he was kind of pissy and kind of angry and kind of had, you know, tired of proving things about his culture there. So certainly a lot going on with, with uh, Kirby, but I think Brian Kelly's the guy that, that had the most confidence amongst others um, at media day, but he's a guy that really kind of stood out to me. I know Rick said he loved hanging out with Tom Allen in Indiana. So that might be a guy for him uh, when he was in Indianapolis. Jimmy Harbaugh was had yeah, some swagger. Despite the fact that he's going to get a little vacation to begin the season, uh, <laughs> Jim Harbaugh is in love with his team. He's in love with uh, what's going on at Michigan. Uh, he believes that uh, he's got everything necessary uh, as a recipe for a national championship and can't wait to get started. Yeah, he was talking about something like – he was talking about like something like 20 players he thinks – he. He could get drafted. I mean, that's just a. That's he thinks he's going to break the record. He thinks absolutely he's going to break the record this year. Interesting. Sark of even LSU's fifteen team, fifteen players, or Georgia's fifteen players that that uh, were selected here of re, of uh, recent memory. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, I have one final question uh, for you guys both, if you don't mind. Uh, upheaval in college sports in the last 24 months, really. Uh, not only with USC and UCLA going, Texas and Oklahoma going, now Colorado reverting back, adding to the Big 12. Add on top of that the transfer portal and NIL. Is this the craziest y'all have ever seen college football from a true upheaval standpoint? Coach, you, you go tell forward. what Mac Brown told us, his buddy Mac, who he's known yeah. for a long time. Mac Brown was on our program and said he's been coaching for 35 years, and there's been more change in the last 24 months than the previous 33 years. I mean, so just wrap your arms around that. <laughs> more change in the last 24 months than the previous 33 years. Uh, you had better be able to adapt and you better be able to adapt quickly or you're going to get left behind. And that's what you're seeing is a giant game of musical chairs being played by universities as they look at this pie being divided up between SEC and Big Ten. I think we've already come to the conclusion that we've got a super two. The race is now for number three. And how do you put yourself in a position where maybe you can say, choose me, choose me to be part of a super two down the road? easily more easily uh capable of doing that if you're in the three hole than if you're in the five hole right so people are working their tails off feverishly while looking it's like the duck syndrome right they look really regal above the water but underneath they're paddling like hell right that's what's going on right now in college athletics all the while we've got this model of hey the kids deserve a piece of the pie bobby and we've known that for years so that's come to the conclusion. The problem is the NCA said, well, how can we give them a piece of the pie, some of their freedom without costing ourselves anything? So they gave them the ability to transfer at willy nilly. Add that to NIL. Now you've got free agency. We're calling it name, image and likeness, but it's really pay for play. And so you can pull people from one roster. All you have to do is get a third party to call them, say, put yourself in the portal and have we got a deal for you. That's an unsustainable model. So hopefully somewhere down the road, the smart people in this business who currently don't have this job description, their job descriptions is only to take care of themselves, their respective conferences and their respective universities. But sometimes we got to get them in a room and say, you're not coming out until you have a solution for the whole of college athletics, because at the core of this, and this is what Chris and I always do agree on. This is about young people and opportunity. Only 3% of these kids are going off to make a living playing sports. We enjoy the games. We enjoy the competition. But at the day's end, we have to find a way to keep these opportunities as numerous as they currently are. We can't go down and whittle down to a few chosen schools that play for big prizes and, and then lose all these scholarships and all these educational opportunities for young people. Yep. Uh, that's uh, Rick Neuheisel and Chris Childers of The Full Ride on Sirius XM. Uh, you guys don't know how much I appreciate this. Uh, Texas fans will appreciate it as well. For Bobby, if you're Robert, ever in Nashville, you can come over and see the Ponies Corral. He only lets <laughs> only special dignitaries in. I've never been allowed in, but you would Lies, you'd be been. allowed in. He's been over. He's had his hair cut in my house. My wife did his hair. My wife got his hair downstairs. True story. <laughs> She true, charged that me is, double. She charged is, me double. Yes. It is a true story. All right. For Chris Childers, Rick Neuheisel, 
I appreciate them being on. This has been On Texas Football.